Hey guys, Dylan here, producer of the Ecommerce Alley podcast. Now, before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know about a special offer that we are giving all of our podcast listeners. If you scroll down below this episode in the show notes, you'll find a link to a special podcast listener deal on our scientific e-commerce Facebook ads testing course. Now, normally this is $27, but we're going to give you a special link to grab it for only 10 And included with that is a 30-minute ads expert call where we help answer your questions and implement the content. Thank you very much for being a valued listener to our podcast. And now, on to this episode. Before you play this episode, I just wanted to let you know that Dylan and I were both in the studio recording this together, and so we had some issues with one of the microphones. So you might notice that the audio sounds a little bit more roomy, but hopefully it's still good enough to persevere and press on. Enjoy the episode. I'm super excited about this episode, and I'm going to tell you why. Um... First, because it's not just me. We also have Dylan, who is joining us here, which, by the way, ironically, uh, Dylan is in the same exact studio, but we've been filming so many videos, we couldn't, we don't (laughs) have time to change up the set before the next video, so he is filming just in the corner over there. Hey, Josh. Hey, hey, good to see you. (laughs) So, uh, what we're going to do here is answer... Um, maybe not answer, we'll probably answer some questions, but really we're going to share observations. Um, these are our observations on Facebook advertising as a whole, as we kind of are in 2024. Now we're going to share our first official state of Facebook advertising. We're going to cover broad. We're going to talk about audience plus, uh, advantage plus audiences, interests, lookalikes, campaign structures. We do it working well, retargeting budget scheduling that came out, um, Videos versus images, trends we see there. CPMs, right? The, the 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 cost we pay for advertising. What are the trends in there? Scaling percentages. How big can we jump? Can we jump 10%, 20%, 50%, 200%? What are the ramifications of doing things like that? Um, and so we're going to cover all of those. Those are probably the most, I don't know if there's anything we're missing in there, Nolan. Um, um, those are the most commonly yeah, asked questions that we kind of get. It. Is that it? I think so. All right, good. Um, well, that is it because we sat down and we at least bulleted out what I, we need I to cover we here. Making it natural. Now <laughs> we're gonna naturally about, remember all of the numbers. Script. Yeah. <laughs> Audience targeting is <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> cool. So these are the things that we we have these conversations every day. We have the honor of working with a little over 200 businesses, particularly in the e-commerce space. And so while I am working hands-on with clients from the uh a lot of it, the coaching space, the training space. I'm in 20 to 30 ad accounts every single week. Dylan is on the other end where he's our media buyer and does a lot of media buying on Facebook where we're spending a lot of money per day, depending on the time of year. Um, and so we're going to be sharing kind of both different perspectives in this of what we're seeing, the trends we're seeing. And I even had Dylan go and look at like a dozen, 10, it was like 10. 11. 11. Yeah. We looked at 11. Right we just pulled up 11 <laughs> different accounts and we wanted to notice what are the trends? What are the campaigns doing the best? What are the structures of those? What are the CPMs, etc. And so in this episode, honestly, this is for like the super nerds. So if you're like <laughs> a super nerd and you want an inside glimpse at how we spend a lot of money on Facebook and then also how we teach our clients, whether they're spending even a small amount to a larger amount and how we're doing that and just what we're seeing trend-wise, then this is definitely a good uh, episode. Get out your notebook unless you're driving. Don't do that. Just take mental <laughs> notes. And uh, let's go ahead and dive in. So first thing I do want to talk about, because this is um, targeting is one of like the things that has been changing, I'd say the one of the things that's changed the most yeah. in the last few years. And so uh, I do want to talk about broad. I want to talk about adva- advantage plus audiences, which by the way, little plug here, if you want to know what those are, how to apply them, what it looks like and everything, go to the e-commerce alley YouTube channel. We have an entire video on advantage plus audiences using them, et cetera. Um, interests and lookalikes because we're seeing a really big shift here. So Dylan, I'm going to hand the, the the baton to you. Let's kind of talk through this a little yeah. bit. What are you saying as far as targeting goes? Well, I totally, I, I definitely agree with you. Audience targeting, I think, is shakier now than it probably ever has been. Um, I think the, the interesting thing, though, and I think this is going to be a common uh, occurrence throughout this entire episode, is everything is still worth testing in your account. Uh, we see people uh, that are doing audience test, audience targeting, audience testing, and 
it's going fantastic for them. Um, it's, and real quick, real pause. Yeah. Audience, you're saying interest. Interest, yes. Interest yes. targeting. Yes, yes, yes. yes, just, yes. Yeah, so the, the actual interest. Um, and then we have people that are just doing Advantage Plus audiences. And we have people that are just doing Advantage Plus campaigns with no targeting. Um, so it's definitely all across the board. Um, same with like lookalikes, broad targeting. It's it, We actually just tested lookalikes ourselves. We spent like $2,000 testing lookalikes in our own account and we didn't get a single purchase. That's pretty bad. Like we, we were like, <laughs> we see lookalikes working in client accounts and we're like, all right, let's just try some of our own lookalikes. $2,000 for no purchases. Like it was really bad, but lookalikes are working in some client accounts. Same thing with broad. Um, and this is not Advantage Plus audience. This is not Advantage Plus campaigns. This is just like an ad set with no interest targeting. Um, we tried broad. We actually did a CBO, which we'll talk about CBOs in a bit, um, with an Advantage Plus audience and with a broad ad set. And the broad ad set did worse than the Advantage mm-hmm. Plus audiences. But we see broad doing well in some other accounts. So once again, it comes to, it's a per account basis for all kinds of targeting, except for, I think we're seeing across the board and and Josh, I'll have you chime in after this on Advantage Plus audiences. Um, In the last few weeks, we've actually spent $14,000 on Advantage Plus audiences. Um, And we, we really wanted to test Advantage Plus audiences the way that Facebook wants us to test it. So we have a proven interest stack uh, that we have used for targeting in the past, big, um, I forget how many interests are in it, but there's a, a, lot, ton, yeah. a ton of marketing yeah. interest in it. Um, Things like, it just give some examples, like what that might look like So Shopify is a huge one in there. Uh, DHgate is one. Uh, internet marketing, like as broad as just internet marketing. Social media marketing. Social media. Yeah. I think influencer marketing is in there. Pretty general. Pay-per-click. Just, yeah. yeah, it's super general. It was essentially before Advantage Plus campaigns came out. We were trying to test like the broader with a little bit of direction kind of a thing. Uh, And it worked really well for us back when we were testing that. So $14,000 in Advantage Plus audiences, all $14,000 of that was using that interest stack as the direction for Facebook to go. it, Which I do want to just pause because yep. um, the, the teacher is going to come at me real quick here. Go for it. So if you if you don't know what – there's a lot of advantage things going on. So around, many. And it's wildly <laughs> it's confusing, confusing. Wildly confusing. Somebody um, needs to – like on the branding team at Meta just needs to like <laughs> just take a step back. It's like we need to rename some of this stuff. Yeah. Then we have DCAs. We have DCOs. Yeah. yeah a lot of stuff. So, um, so when we look at advantage, there are – the two things that probably get the most confusion is advantage plus shopping campaigns and advantage plus – audiences. So Advantage Plus shopping campaigns is a campaign structure. Advantage Plus audiences are a targeting within an ad set setting. So like it's where you give Facebook suggestions and then Facebook will go find your customers. So while before we might target like different interests, like you might have like five or 10 interests that have done really well for you. You give Facebook those as a suggestion and you give an age range as a suggestion and you say, Hey, Facebook, these are my suggestions of what my audience looks like demographically, uh, what they're kind of interested in, but I'm giving you full control to go broad and do whatever you need to do using this information. So it's kind of like going broad where you select nothing other than demographics where you don't select anything, but you give Facebook that can, you give it a, a nudge, you kind of nudge it in the right direction. So yeah, just real quick, wanted to clarify when we say we spent, when, when we share numbers, by the way, if we're going to share dollars, uh, we're going to share dollars that we spend. This is like our own money and our own business that we are putting on the line that we are uh, hopefully testing and, and, and profitable on. Sometimes <laughs> we spend two grand in, in lookalikes in, in two or three days lost and all, we get zeros. We yeah. lose $2,000 to, to learn. So <laughs> sometimes we win, sometimes we learn. Yeah. When we share client stuff, we probably won't share as much uh, numbers, information, dollar spend amounts. But this is when we share numbers, this is what we're seeing. So we spent yeah. 14 grand on just advantage plus audiences. And this is where we give Facebook the nudge and then let Facebook do its thing. Yeah, I, I just wanted you, to pause and clarify that. I don't know if you remember the, like, 
a few months ago, it was you put in all your targeting. Then there was that little checkbox below the targeting that was like, Facebook may, you know, look for other people outside. It's like the step past that now where it's like, we're going to like look at what you gave us, but we're going to kind of do our own thing primarily. Um, But what I wanted to share about Advantage Plus audiences. uh, So we did the proven audience stack for our targeting and it, it did pretty well. Um, now another trend you're probably going to see in this episode, it did not perform as well as advantage plus by itself. Shopping shopping campaign. Sorry. Um, in our account, however, a a small note that I did notice while I was looking through it is they optimized faster. One thing that, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. One thing we see with advantage plus shopping campaigns is it usually takes five ish, five to seven days before they optimize and they find their flow. Whereas with the Advantage Plus audiences, they optimized quicker um, and found their flow. However, the flow was not as effective as the Advantage Plus shopping campaigns. So our results for the Advantage Plus shopping campaigns were better than the Advantage Plus audiences, but Advantage Plus audiences just got there a little bit faster. So for me, to summarize all of this whole targeting, um, unfortunately... It comes down to your account because it's we see broad working for some people. We still see interests working for some people. Lookalikes work for some. A-plus audiences work for some. It's across the board. And you really just need to test it in your account and see what works best for you. Yeah, and I think that's the... For us, because like we're in this space of where like we do this, we do this for clients, we teach people this, we we coach people through nuances of this. I think the big thing for me is like there is no uh, there's no one true north. That's really good. Yeah. Like we're not going to speak in these absolutes and say that like you have to do this. Yeah. You know, we see advantage plus shopping campaigns. We'll, we'll talk about those in a little bit. Yeah. Campaign structure. We see those perform the best for most accounts, but yeah. not all. Some accounts are like. <laughs> These suck. It is better to go broad and run a DCA, which we're going to talk about too. Uh, it's better to do that. And so there is no one true way. We're starting to see things lean strongly in, in certain directions. So with everything we're, we're saying, uh, kind of treat this like a buffet that you take these ideas and say, I've never tried that. Maybe I've been doing this and it's not working. I need to go test that in my account. Yeah. Every, good. every single account is different. You definitely need to take it into consideration. Before we move on, one final thing I want to throw in that that was really interesting is um we we ran a, a a test and by the way when we when we say we run these tests we do these for our own account and we do these to a a, a, a purchase can there's a purchase campaign in the case of what we're running you can run the same things applies for lead gen although you wouldn't run a you can't run an advantage plus shopping campaign if you're doing lead gen but when we do these we actually test these in different thresholds so like um we tested $200 a day ad set thresholds for like advantage plus audiences, yeah. interests, lookalikes, uh, even broad, right? And then we're also testing like $2,000 a day thresholds to say what happens if it's 10x this? Does, does it maintain? And so something we, we ran a test, uh, a, a few weeks ago, um, is we ran this test and we, we, we took a, a campaign and we said, Hey, Facebook, we know Facebook is leaning, the AI and the machine learning is getting incredible. We know Broad is doing relatively well, but we know Advantage Plus audiences are doing okay in smaller amounts for us and, and Facebook's really pushing these and we're seeing them do really well in a lot of different accounts. We're going to take $2,000 a day, put in a campaign, set the budget at the campaign level and let Facebook determine. We're going to have two ad sets with the same ads in it. Broad and Advantage Plus audiences. So Broad, we just... You know, same demographic settings, but advantage plus audiences, we just gave Facebook the nudge and said, here are all of our suggestions of where our audience is. Using that same winning audience stack. Exactly. Using those interests, using those demographics, recommended, et cetera. And the interesting thing was, and I don't know if we have the, the numbers in here or not, um, but ultimately it it started between the two and then immediately yeah. prioritized the advantage plus audiences, which usually prioritization shows kind of what Facebook's kind of trying to push you to and what they care about. Yeah, um, what they want but, you to spend their money on. But <laughs> but for good reason too, because yeah. the results of it were substantially better out of the gates on the, on the, on the, the broad. I, we still have, I think they're both still running and doing okay. No, I think we ended up having to shut the broad off. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah, well, just should, yeah, Dylan managers, not me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was the last time I remember it, but yeah, maybe but we, we I, ended up killing it. But to, to go off of that, we did end up having to shut the broad off for our account because Advantage Plus audiences took the budget, A, 
and B, the budget that was given to Broad did substantially worse. Um, but I was looking at some accounts, which we're about to get into here, some of the accounts I looked at, um, and they were only running Broad and hmm. profitable on that. So that's that's what's really interesting, I think. And I think we're seeing this shift now more than ever in that each account is so unique in what works for it and what doesn't. Yeah. Hey, thanks for checking out the e-commerce selling podcast. If you've been enjoying this episode so far, it would mean a ton to us if you'd leave us a rating on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And as a token of our appreciation, if you take a screenshot of your review and email it to team at the alley.com, we're just going to go ahead and shoot you a $10 Amazon gift card just as a thank you. Now, back to the episode. Cool. Well, let's do, let, I, I do want to jump to what um, everyone is also here for, and that is <laughs> campaign structures. We yeah. talked a lot about Advantage Plus Shopping, Broad, there's DC, there's a lot of ways to structure campaigns. Let's just talk through, um, let's talk through that a little bit. Yeah, well, surprise, more advantage plus shopping talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, like we said, I looked at 11 ad accounts from our clients and I, I went through each every each and every one of them and I said, which ones are running advantage plus campaigns? Out of 11, three of them were not running advantage plus campaigns. And out of the ones that were not running advantage plus campaigns, uh, no, sorry, four of them were not. And one of them last night while I was looking had one scheduled to go live today. <laughs> so, <laughs> they must have, they, they just knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought that was funny. There were four that didn't have it and one of them had it scheduled to go live today. So we don't know That's how good. that one was performing in that account. Um, but something that I thought was kind of interesting is out of the eight that were running Advantage Plus, most of them only had two to three campaigns running. So it was Advantage Plus, some of them had lead gen running, um, and then just another miscellaneous campaign, uh, whether it was retargeting or something like that. Uh, and the majority of the budget for all of those brands were in the A-plus campaign. And they <coughs> typically had four-ish ads, a little bit more, a little bit less than four ads inside their Advantage Plus campaign. And I, I would say that's a trend that we're, we're seeing continue to just get better. Um, you know, back in the day, I say back in the day, this is only a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> but back in the day, you know, it, structures have changed all, all the time. Structures are kind of changing. New things come in, new things, things that work, don't work. Things didn't work, work, et cetera. And we used to do, um, I've been in some accounts in the, in the last week. New, usually people come into our program, we're working with them. So I get hands on their account and we're looking and optimizing. And um, as we kind of look at the stuff, I, I looked at an account that had like tons of uh, top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. And we had, we used to do a lot of that stuff yeah. where we say, hey, okay, we have the top of funnel is all the cold traffic. They get a particular campaign structure, particular ads. The middle of the funnel, people they engage, but didn't really get to the added cart or purchase phase. So we're going to go ahead and, um, or they're on platform like Facebook and Instagram engagers. We're going to target them with different ads. On the bottom of funnel, they made it to our page, added cart or purchase. Now we're going to hit them with different ads. And your messaging and, is different for all of them. And the messaging is different for all of them. And, and you know, what we're seeing is you don't need that. Yeah. In fact, consolidation is, is, it is better. Well, first of all, because, um, it has more cons uh, focused ad spend, which gives Facebook more to work with. Whereas yeah. if you're splitting it, it can't optimize as great, especially if you have a lot of different campaigns going. But if if you have it in one, and we'll talk a little bit about this, um, it can really start to move for you and do the retargeting and do all of it within a single campaign or two or three. It just depends on the structure because if you have, we try to keep like structures, whereas like, one campaign going deep is like one product, one collection, one offer. You don't want to have like five different products we're trying to push in one campaign. So we'll yeah. separate by product, or if you have one product, we might separate by by angles if we need to. But for the most part, deep over wide. That 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 is definitely yeah, a common good. trend, and we're just seeing that work better and better. Yeah. Speaking on the, speaking on uh, going deep in a campaign. Uh, now this is talking from our side, our business. Um, in the last few months, now this is, this is just, every time I look at this, it just blows my mind. In the last few months, we personally have spent over $75,000 on one Advantage Plus campaign, the same campaign. And the irony is there was a time we had it running 
and then we shut it off because we moved to something different. Then we moved back to it and just turned on the campaign again. So that one campaign has spent $75,000. There are currently four ads in that campaign and there's one ad that has gotten $64,000 in spend to it. One ad. So that's 85% of the Advantage Plus shopping campaign budget going to one ad. But that doesn't discount the fact that the other ads are getting spent, which is kind of going off what you were just talking about, Josh, with um, with the retargeting, which, which we can kind of get into here in a bit. Um, but it's just crazy that $64,000 to one ad. So once you find that ad that is working, a super ad, yep. you just run with it. And we've probably, that was in one campaign. Just in the last few weeks, we've probably spent an additional $40,000 on that one ad. It's it's just crazy. And go ahead. I was Sorry. just going to say that in we in the scaling of that campaign because we have scaled that campaign which once again we'll talk about here in a bit um we've only seen a slight decrease in effectiveness in our target results it, it, which is natural which yes, is natural so as, as yeah there's law diminishing returns that you know we spent $75,000 and it stayed the same the whole time it didn't but it was only a slight decrease, not that we're like looking at our results and we're like, oh my gosh, it's just falling apart. Yeah. It's just it's just crazy to see only a slight decrease, which I guess is just law of diminishing returns. Well, let's, and I want to pause for a moment yeah. because we launch, we, 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 we have a methodology. If you're not familiar, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're hopefully you're like a super nerd like us. And I hope that you've gone through our our uh, scientific testing methodology called the AdLab method. We have a $27 on-demand course. We do a boot camp every couple months on it live. And we teach how to go find these ads. By the way, we found these ads using that methodology. But we launched the, when did we launch these ads? We had four ads. October. We launched these in October. And, yeah. and at the time of this recording, you know, we're, we're February now, right? Yeah. So you're looking at October, November, December, January. That's four months. And we didn't touch an ad like this. We what in our what, what in our ad management? And and that one we have running evergreen like five hundred or a thousand dollars a day. Yeah. And so like, what did your ad management look like on that much spend? Let's say it's a good thing that I am not a full time me uh, <laughs> paid media buyer because <laughs> there was not much, a lot of thumb twiddling. <laughs> yeah, there was not much to be done. Uh, Honestly, I just sat and watched the sales roll in. There, like, there are yeah. weeks. Like, no, we obviously we're not we're not dumb. We don't just not look at our yes. account, not look at yes. our high risk attribution and all that good stuff. That's but. honestly the mo the majority of it is just watching to see the the ebbs and flows. Today didn't do super well. Today did better. Oh, we had crazy today. Just watching to see we we had like. 20% of our purchases were today, but 110% was this day. Why do we need to bump budget? It's more just thinking and asking questions. Yeah, I didn't touch the campaign a single time except to shut off a few really poor performing ads and to increase our budget. And, and one thing I do want to say here um, is that there's this, uh, I think there is this false idea that you need to have a gajillion ads and you have to be swapping ads in and out and they that facebook by the way sometimes will say creative fatigue um we've had four ads and these ads have spent we have ads that have spent well over two hundred thousand dollars in yeah. a single ad this ad may th actually be th this ad is probably yeah. way over that in the yeah. last year for sure so like if you look at it like you don't need that many ads to spend so if you're like hey i spent like a thousand dollars on this on this ad and it's fatigued. If it was the right ad, then it it's it's probably not fatigued like you think it will. Or if your ad is performing right now, um, or ads, whatever those are, are performing, you can probably get a lot more juice than you think you you might be able to out of those. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, yeah, I just want to throw that in there. And the, the interesting thing about these ads, by the way, these are not. Correct me if I'm wrong. These are not dynamic creative ads. Yep. These are not dynamic creative ads. So, uh, which I do want to talk about that in a moment. Um, dynamic creative ads, if you don't know what they are, basically you load up multiple different creatives. If you want, you can you can upload multiple images and multi or, uh, creatives like video or, or images. Then you can upload different primary text, different headlines. And Facebook's going to just ship those around to what it believes is the best for that person so people constantly see different things. We didn't have that. We just literally had 
for individual ads that were able to spend this and have great degrees of stability that even at the time yep. of this recording, we still don't touch them. We just let them, we can't increase our budget because our actual capacity <laughs> is yeah. reached from a yeah. from like a fulfillment standpoint. So um, yeah, all that said, we can kind of move on past what we, we did there, but let, yeah. let's kind of move on a little bit here. Yeah, I'm really excited. In just a second, we're gonna talk about the retargeting in that campaign and what I've seen there. Uh, one last thing I wanna talk about on my part here with uh, campaign structures. Uh, we just did a short promo sprint about two weeks. Um, and we saw, we tried testing CBOs. We, every once in a while, we go back to test CBOs to see. Would you explain what that is real, real fast? Uh, it's, so it's a campaign budget where you set the budget at a campaign level, and then you could put as many ad sets in it as you want. So it's kind of what Josh was talking about, where we did uh, a CBO with an Advantage Plus audience ad set and a broad ad set. And then we let the campaign decide what ad set to spend the money on essentially is what a, a cbo is so and it's something that a lot of people swear by uh, a cbo campaign so we did a test and i can say that they performed about as well as our advantage plus uh they were a little worse uh the advantage plus the the biggest issue with the advantage plus is the amount of time it takes to optimize especially yeah. in a promo sprint scenario and when we say promo sprint, by the way, we look at promo sprints is like something you might run for maybe a week or two at the yeah. very most. And in our case, this was a two week or a thir it's 13 days, 14 days. Yeah. So we did a 14 day pr promo sprint <laughs> where we're, we're trying to sprint heavy amounts. And with advanced plus shopping campaigns, like Dylan said, they, they could take five days or, yeah. or seven days to optimize. And so, and then every time you bump them, things start to happen. And so, it, it, so you're saying, Dylan, in a short a short term environment, CBO performed as well as the Advantage Plus shopping? Yeah, I wouldn't say as well. Uh, maybe when you look at a broader, if you look at the full 14 days, they probably were about equal. The Advantage Plus campaign technically had better results, but then we increased the budget, which decreased the results, which made the overall performance of the campaign when you look across 14 days not as good. Um, but the CBO, when we launched, we, we actually tested a $1,000 a day CBO and a $2,000 a day CBO. And we found that both of those did fine. Um, it, it's, it's not necessarily that they did considerably worse than Advantage Plus, but they did optimize a little bit faster. Uh, one thing I would say is they didn't stay stable. There would be like, two days where they did fine and then one day where it just shot up terrible results and then it went back down and was fine for two days where with advantage plus we typically see it stay a bit more stable and then like what josh was saying with the testing of advantage plus audiences and broad that's how we tested it we put two ad sets one with advantage plus one with broad and we let the cbo decide where it wanted to spend the money and it was all an advantage plus thank goodness because the advantage plus is what did better so. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And we'll talk about scaling percentages because I would venture to say that if we didn't, we, we're, we're, we try to break all kinds of stuff. Whenever we're in a promo sprint and we're going to spend a lot of money, we're like, how do we try new things? How do we do budget scheduling? How does this work? How does this work? And um, I would venture to say if we didn't have to touch the budget of the Advantage Plus shopping campaign, because we there was a day where we bumped it from like a thousand, we doubled it. Yep. And then it re it has this reset phase that we learned. We'll talk about that um, when we get down to scaling percentages. Yep. So um, so it reset it. If we didn't do that, I bet the results, if we just started out at like 2K a day, for example, or a thousand or whatever that is, if we didn't touch it, I would I would say Advantage it would about, Advantage Plus Shopping would have carried yep. over those CBOs. I think the only thing was the CBOs actually had longer because we started those out Right at their numbers, right across the gate. Yes. Am I, yeah, am we, I right in that or wrong? Uh, we, did a, we did budget scheduling for the 1K, uh, the new Facebook's budget scheduling. We will uh, talk about that here in a second, right after we talk okay. about retargeting. Um, so that one, we did bump the budget. I have some stats to share for that. Um, but yeah. All right. Um, what are your thoughts on like uh, campaign level budget versus ad set? Or are you indifferent? So we did the, the lookalikes test with, so we did a CBO and an ABO, which is an uh, ad set budget um, test with 
audiences because we haven't totally given up on audiences uh, because we wanted to test the lookalikes. Interests, by the way. When we say well, audiences, we're always saying interests well, or lookalikes. Lookalikes, broad. So I guess not audiences, but targeting, I guess would yeah. be a better thing to say. Uh, because in our ABO test, we had Advantage Plus audiences, and this is just multiple ad sets spending $200 a day. We had Advantage Plus audiences, we had a broad with just age range, and then we had three lookalike stacks. And in the ABO, we were able to whittle it down to where the lookalikes, like we said, spent $2,000 across all three of those, did terrible. So we shut all three of those off, and then the broad ad set, didn't do all it, it got a few purchases better than the lookalike but not as well as advantage plus and at the end of that promo sprint we actually found that the abo was our cheapest acquisition cost now it was um it, it was spending like 200 dollars a day so it was really really small compared to the rest of our budget um i Honestly, can't say that I see a difference between the CBO and the ABO. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious. I don't know if you've seen anything in client can, client accounts, but for us, I I don't think there's a huge difference between them, unless you're testing. Depends on what you're testing and how you're testing it. But yeah, I, I would say uh, what we see is uh, some people are setting budgets, like we budget to the ad set levels in certain ones, and then campaign in the other ones. I think I think the biggest thing is consolidation. So yeah. like. It is better to be consolidated uh, in, in going deeper from like less campaigns, less ad sets. Uh, if you're doing ad set level budgeting, I don't see a difference from a budgeting standpoint, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, just it, on our it, side. you could do a thousand dollar ad sets inside of an ABO campaign, or you could do three thousand dollar. Actually, I don't know if I, I don't know if you should do three thousand dollar CBO, but you know, it's across the board. I don't think it. Yeah. Depending on how you set your budget, I don't think it really adjusts yeah. the campaign. That, that's kind of what I was just curious. That's kind of what I see too. Um, final thing I do want to talk about from a structural standpoint, and this is more like of an of a an ad set slash ad structural standpoint, is is DCAs or dynamic creative ads. Uh, like we just mentioned, this is where you give it multiple creatives, you can give it several headlines, you can give it several primary texts, and then let it kind of like shuffle them around. Um, we don't run these, so maybe I should just speak about these and what we, what I see in client accounts. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> we I, don't really run DCAs. We'll, we'll optimize for they placements. They take forever to optimize yeah. in my experience. We definitely see them. They take longer to optimize, uh, but they also create stability too. So, um, if I was to compare like structures, my two favorite right now are Advantage Plus shopping campaigns with three to five ads in it. That's my favorite too. That is my favorite, hands down, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the second one would be a structure where it's like a manual sales campaign and it would be, because you can't run dynamic creative ads in uh, Advantage Plus shopping as of right now. But the next campaign structure for me would be uh, a like a CBO. It could be a CBO or an ad set. I don't really care what the budget level is set at, but going broad and then having dynamic creative ads inside it if I'm looking for evergreen and if I'm looking for stability and if I'm okay and I'm able to weather the storm of sitting on it for like five to 10 days. Uh, Advantage Plus Shopping, similar to like dynamic creative ad campaigns, we've seen that they're kind of like fine wine. They just get better as they <laughs> age. Um, I don't drink wine, but I'd like to use an analogy because I think most people get it. Um, you don't drink wine, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. wine's kind of like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a I'm a tequila guy. I don't know if that gets better with time. Maybe it does. Um, I'm definitely not a tequila guy. Okay, that's, so. That's all you. <laughs> <laughs> so they just get better as they go. Um, I was on a session yesterday working with a client and her her advantage, or her, she had a, a DCA and I asked her when she launched it and she said four months ago, just sitting on it, just sitting on it. And it is just literally running. Um, and so uh, as far as DCAs go, do we like them? Do we not like them? Hey, they work for some people. That's awesome. Go for it. It's something to me that is worth testing with some proven assets in there. Just know that they take a little longer to optimize, which by the way, same thing with Advantage Plus Shopping. So I'd say if you want longevity um, and you want great stability in a long period of time, I think Advantage Plus Shopping are the best. And then I also think uh, DCAs are definitely worth leaning into uh, from that standpoint. Once again, everything's worth trying. Oh, hey, your hey what do you, every, this is this is the podcast that everybody hates the response of 100%. it depends. It really is. <laughs> hey, what should I do? Give me give me the magic formula oh, campaign structure, formula. which by the way, side rant, it's never the campaigns, well, not never, but the campaign structure is probably not what 
if, if you're not getting results in your ads, it's probably not just the campaign structure switch that's gonna yeah. change it. If you have bad ads, it doesn't matter what campaign structure. If you don't have a system for testing ads and getting good creative and, and copy and messaging and offers and all that good stuff, doesn't matter. Nope. What the structure is, it's gonna suck. So get that right, which is why we start with our ad lab methodology, like testing system. And then we cycle those into these structures to find what works. So yeah. the answer of structure is it depends, but if you're not getting results at all, it's probably not the structure. It's probably your ads or your offer. Yep. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about retargeting a little bit because um, one, of the, one of the questions we get a lot is like, hey, do we exclude custom audiences? Do we exclude our warm and our hot audiences from our broad campaigns or from our Advantage Plus audiences, which by the way, you can't, um, or from our, Advan our Advantage Plus shopping campaigns? Uh, what does that look like? Because in Advantage Plus shopping campaigns, as a side note, you can actually select your custom audiences and determine a percentage that you want to retarget them. So now, ah, now you have this cold and, and warm and hot in one where you have these ads and some people might see this one and then they get retargeted with another two or three. And so um, what are, what do you think, Dylan? Like what do you, how, what's the value in retargeting campaigns separately? Uh, well, we, as the e-commerce alley, we don't run retargeting campaigns, separate retargeting campaigns. Um, we actually just rely, we have one campaign running on an evergreen basis, Advantage Plus. Uh, and it just, since October, has been carrying us through all those months in $75,000 in spend. Um, so one thing that I think is kind of interesting that I wanted to share, while I was looking at numbers, I was also looking at Hyros, which is a tool that we use for attribution. It's really cool. You can see you know, when people click, what they click on, when they purchase, what they clicked on before they purchase, all this kind of stuff. And when you look at our Advantage Plus campaign, one ad gets a majority of the spend, $64,000 in spend. However, all the other ads get a little bit of spend here and there. Um, and by little, I mean all three of those ads may have $1,000, $1,500, dollars $2,000 in spend. Like Smaller percentage. Very, sure. very small across each ad. Um, and I'm looking through Hyros at some of the people that clicked on that first ad that's got the $64,000 in spend and they didn't purchase. And then a week later, they click on one of those other ads that has $1,000 in spend. They don't purchase. And then they click on another ad and then they purchase. And it's three different ads across a week and a half, two week span that finally gets them to purchase. And I think that's what's so cool about Advantage Plus in Facebook has just gotten really good at serving the right ad to the right person at the right time. Yeah. And that's why a common thing we're gonna continue saying is going deep is so important because giving Facebook the assets to use to go after people and giving it the data to go after people is what we're seeing work the best. Now, retargeting is definitely valuable. And some of the clients that I looked at did have dedicated retargeting campaigns running. But for us, we found that the numerous ads inside of one Advantage Plus campaign just gives Facebook to the ammunition that it needs to figure out what to use. And the, the advantage there as well is you're hitting your warm and hot people with your now cold prospecting ad and those warm and hot people are saying, I love this product. I love this brand. I love, which is adding now comments and reactions and stuff to your cold ad because yep. Advantage Plus just usually picks a cold prospecting ad. They are now adding to that, which you wouldn't have gotten if you excluded them, which just adds that next level of untrackable improvements to the campaign. <laughs> yeah. Um now, the other ads typically are used as retargeting. I did find a few instances where they clicked on one of those other ads and bought. And I think that just comes down to either luck or Facebook knowing that that person wanted to see that ad to purchase. Um, however, Josh, I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are. Once again, for us, one campaign, Advantage Plus, and we, we did have it at a 10% uh, retargeting cap. However, we did increase our budget, which once again, we'll talk about in just a second. Um, and we decreased our budget cap to 5% because we wanted to keep the, uh, ad spend to our warm and hot the same. We didn't, we didn't need to increase that, but 
we were at 10%, now we're at 5%, but that's that's what our retargeting looks like. Uh, yeah, I would say, so with this, more and more, I'm seeing it all consolidated. Yeah. So there, there are two way, two campaign structure, two ways that you can consolidate it. So if you, but I also see retargeting working, like sp- specific campaigns working, um, which by the way, there, there are two kinds of really retargeting campaigns. We call them general retargeting campaigns where you select the audiences, like, hey, people that visited the website in the last 90 days or engaged on Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever that is. And then you choose the ads that you show them. We call that general retargeting. It's like bucketed. You just take these buckets of people and you determine what ads they see. The other type is called DPAs or dynamic product ads where like somebody, if, and this is great if you have um, multiple, like, different products on your site that people would go and they'll look at the different products. And then if they don't buy and they go back to Facebook, they're going to see a carousel on Facebook of those exact products that they look at. This is the most personalized form of retargeting that you could do. And it's very dynamic. Um, And so they're called dynamic product ads, DPAs. I honestly, they're, they work. They work. It depends on the business. So like, I was on a session yesterday <laughs> with someone that, that someone yesterday that, that has like a, a little bit of a higher ticket, like a $300 AOV and her general bucketed retargeting campaign was running like a 20 return on ad spend, but she's, a, but it's a small spend to it. It was like yeah. 10, 10, $15, $20 going to this retargeting, but it was a higher ticket. So like the average is like really high return on ad spend. That's like low hanging fruit. Like might as well. Um, but dynamic product ads don't really work for her. And then we have other clients that dynamic product ads will produce like a four or five return on ad spend and be well above what their target is. And they're happy with it, but it's a small percentage that they spend. Um, But then we have others that um, we just run like Advantage Plus Shopping and we allocate 10% of the budget to just constantly be the retargeting. Um, I don't think there's a right way to do it. I would just say this is if I have a pro, if I have a lot of products, I'm going to try a dynamic product ad campaign for retargeting to see how that does. Usually those are campaigns that you set it in like, you could just sit on it for a long, long time. And as long as their frequency doesn't get too high, they could be really, really profitable. So if I have a lot of products, I'm gonna test it. Um, But if I don't have a lot of products, I'm actually gonna lean more into the line of just running like Advantage Plus Shopping or a single campaign structure, but not having any exclusions or an Advantage Plus Shopping campaign, selecting five, 10, 20%, whatever that is you decide to do, that's going toward those retargeting people or, or towards retargeting the people in those lists. So if 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 I have a single product or I don't have a whole lot of products and d- dynamic product ads don't work, I am gonna lean into the structure of, hey, um, if I'm running Advantage Plus Shopping, I set a percentage. If I'm not, let's let's say you're running to just broad or you're running to interest or or regular ad set targeting. Um, I just wouldn't add exclusions so that that way your ads, Facebook knows. Facebook knows yeah. who all those warm and hot people are. And so it's going to go hit those people and you'll have that frequency of them seeing the different ads naturally. So that's kind of where I'm seeing it going where general bucketed retargeting is becoming less relevant. Dynamic product ads, still try them. We still see them work. But I would just say, might as well take that budget and put it into a centralized campaign. So I think when I schedule this podcast to go live, I'm going to change the title to, here's some things to try. Yeah. (laughs) The state of things you should try (laughs) on Facebook. Because we're back to just works for some, not for others. Uh, And moving on to another thing that we tried, Budget scheduling. It's a new thing that Facebook has just recently rolled out. We saw it. We got really excited. We're like, let's try it. Um, so one of the, the CBOs that I was talking about previously, the 1K CBO that we were running, 1K a day, um, we were like, all right, let's just try budget scheduling, see what happens. Now, typically, what we have seen in the past with typical um, <laughs> campaigns as a whole is you touch the budget. And they either just stop working altogether or it does take some time for them to re-optimize similar to like an Advantage Plus. Um, Now, we were kind of hoping budget scheduling would be Facebook's like fancy way of saying, hey, you can now increase your budget without hurting your results. So we tried it. Um, We bumped from 1,000 a day and we told it for these four days, go to 1,500 a day. And for those four days, our results decreased by 75%. <laughs> so Somebody's not taking home a paycheck next week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, just that, kidding. Is that me? <laughs> that, that is the paid medium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't super happy. I was really optimistic, really excited about it. Um, we are excited to try here in a little bit um, a new like budget. What is it? Budget 
It's not budget scheduling. Yeah, budget scheduling. Is it just a yeah. different form of budget scheduling where you can tell it like only spend in this amount of time? Budget what? scheduling is saying increase the budget this day to this. Oh, day oh, you're time, saying lifetime time. budget scheduling? Okay, I yeah, guess yeah. It's lifetime budget yeah, scheduling. So lifetime. That's that is the next thing that we're on to testing next. Yes. So. Yeah, so we're <laughs> lifetime. To test that. Certain Google's good at this. Where you can say, yes. I only want to run my ads from these hours to these hours. Yes. On these days, and you and, and so with. Fa- Lifetime budgets, we can, we're going to be testing that again. Yeah, so Facebook just came out with both this budget scheduling that I'm talking about, and I guess that budget scheduling, I don't know, maybe there's a, a, a name for it. That's been around for a little bit, but we just, it never really worked. Yeah, so we are going to move into that. Right now, I would say I wouldn't, right now, test budget scheduling. It just, it didn't work for us. Um, and it, I wouldn't say that it was any better than just increasing the budget and letting it sit and re-optimize. Yeah, and I would almost say like manually increasing the budget probably has better results than (laughs) than scheduling the budget. (laughs) The other issue is I did start to see on the fourth day the results were starting to come down, but that's not the point of that, at least from what I could tell from what Facebook was saying. It was meant for like a weekend to increase your budget for the weekend, but I think it it may have needed some time to re-optimize, which might as well just increase your budget at that point. Yeah, and we, we have other accounts doing the same thing, trying it. Um, I think there's only one that I can count. Now, there, this isn't like you're talking only a few accounts that that were like monitoring this. Um, only one of them had great results, and it was only during a weekend push. But because this is so new, this kind of came out pre-Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I think it was like Facebook's way of saying like, hey, this is going to really encourage people to like – keep their evergreen campaigns going, but rather than launching new campaigns, you could just schedule the budgets to ramp up, you know, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. Um, And so we did not, whenever there's new stuff, I'm a little hesitant to touch things that are working in the sake of like experimentation. So yeah. I prefer stability and then we to have a per- to money somehow. And then have a per- <laughs> yeah, uh, and then have a percentage that you're using for testing. So um in this case we're running a promo where we're like hey, let's go ahead and work, let's try this for everyone, spend a few thousand bucks, see what happens. Um but we did not encourage our clients during Q4 to do this just because we're like hey, this is so new, it literally just launched like in the last month. Um so in the test since doing that I haven't seen any strong indicator that it is any better than increasing the budget. In fact, I've seen more indicator that it is more detrimental than manually just increasing the budget on your own. So I don't, I would just say for us, we are holding on testing this for a little bit. We'll probably, we'd like to check back in on things just like broad used to not be that great. Now broad is getting really awesome. Look like she used to be the best thing ever since sliced bread. 1% lookalikes on purchases. You would just print money with them. Now they, eh, they, they stink for more accounts than probably not, I would say. So we'll probably, come back to that. But for right now, we are more along the lines of, you know what, we'll let Facebook keep improving that. Like advanced plus shopping campaigns used to not be that great. Now they're freaking awesome. Yeah. So um, we're probably gonna press the pause button on that one. That's the sound of the pause button. That's what I did. <laughs> now, I do want to close. Um, actually, two things I, ca- I would love to to finish talking through here, Dylan. Yeah. And I know this is a little bit longer episode than we normally do, but I hopefully all the nerds hopefully, out there are yeah, like- Hopefully you're still sticking around. Hopefully you're still here and you're, you're kind of like- uh, Ready to write down some more things. So two things I want to talk about. First, I want to talk about CPMs yeah. because CPMs are kind of interesting to talk about and think about over the year, the last few years yeah. and what they're doing now. And then I want to I want to kind of close out here with like scaling percentages. How are we scaling? What percentages are we using? And what's happening when we do those types of things? Yeah, well, CPMs, I, I have some numbers here to share, which I thought were really, really interesting. Um, using revealbot.com, uh, I, was, I was just kind of looking across some of CPMs um, in November of 2023, so that was Black Friday area of last year, the average CPMs were $11.59. This is across the board for all kinds of campaigns on Facebook. Um, now, in February of 2024, average CPMs are $8.19. So we went from $11.59 dropped to $8.19. So First off, if you're not spending right now on Facebook because it's a slow season, this is the time to be spending money, reaching people for less money than ever before. And the reason I say ever before is because as I'm looking at RevealBot, it, when you type in revealbot.com slash Facebook dash advertising dash costs, it pulls up the last year automatically it pulls up the last did everybody year. get that hopefully yeah <laughs> let's just include it we'll just include a link to this in the show notes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so you you pull it up and it pulls up the last year automatically and i was like i'm just curious what what did it look like before this you know 2020 2021 so 
I go back to the farthest it can go, which is January of 2020. And I found that CPMs have actually been steadily decreasing since November of 2021. And actually since November of 2020, but they dropped a ton in 2021, shot up to the highest they'd been in November of 2021, and now are at the lowest they've been since January of 2020, which I think is just crazy that we are now at the cheapest time to advertise, which is super cool. And it should encourage you to, if you're not advertising or trying to get into advertising, now is the time to do it for well, sure. What's interesting is there was a period, in, and I remember this because all of our clients were asking the questions like, what the heck is going on with CPNs? But I remember back in 21, and I'm looking at this chart here as, yeah, as I'm kind of talking about here. I remember back in, in, in uh, 21, in the summer, which I'm looking going into the summer, CPMs, oh, of course, Q4, we, that, uh, Q4, we always expect CPMs to go. Very natural. I'm looking at the chart here the last four years, just spike, spike, yep. spike, nosedive in January. Yep. But the, I remember back in like April, May, June of 21, this is when CPMs started to really climb, which yeah. by the way, do you know what happened in June of 2021? iOS 14 dropped and CPMs started to climb and people are like, what's going on? CPMs, by the way, cost per thousand impressions. It's essentially the cost to advertise. And it was going up and it was just starting to climb and people were like, what's going on in my accounts? And we had to tell everyone like, we're seeing this. We think Facebook's going to have to figure it out and readjust. Well, it's interesting to see that was the highest non Q4, yeah. like November, December are always just big spikes. So we're going to ignore those CPM wise. Yep. And if I'm looking at this chart here, it's literally, those were the most, July was the most expensive non-peak season CPMs. And they just have, they've just been a steady decline. Yeah, now, $15.69 in June and July of 2021. Yeah. And then you look at June, July of this time, and we have $9.07. <laughs> well, actually, uh, July of last year, the third through the 10th was $8.57. And that's over a holiday weekend. Yeah. So 850 from what was it? 15? Yeah. It's half. Almost 16. It's half. And so this is why I, I love advertising. Like it's amazing. Like if you notice these trends, like you can start to expand when others are contracting and everyone's like, oh, the cost of advertising, Facebook's so expensive, all this stuff. Well, well, maybe your ads just suck. <laughs> maybe you need to get better with your offers. Maybe That's you need to go improve to. your skill set in some capacity and your knowledge of Facebook ads because I'm telling you, uh, Ads have gotten cheaper over the years. And yeah. if you were smart and you figured it out, you could start to <coughs> you start to spend more money as they continue to go down. We double our ad spend in January. Yep. We do it the first week in January because we know CPMs are half. <laughs> They're usually like half or a third of what they are in December. And so if we can double, then we're making four times the speed if we're at half the cost. So um, anyway, that's just a way that we like to think. But it yeah. is interesting to note, CPMs are not... Everyone says it's super expensive. Guess what? They're cheaper than ever. And I think the common misconception about Facebook CPMs is that they're always climbing. That yes, that is always, so interesting. Yeah. You know, like the stock market, you know, CPMs are always going up. They've actually come down over the last three years. <laughs> the so. cost of advertising has gotten cheaper. And especially in Q1. Q1, yeah. if, if you're listening to this in Q1 right now, I assume a lot of people are. If you're in Q1, because we're releasing this at the start of the year, essentially. So if, if you're in Q1, this is the time it's the cheapest going to be all year. And hopefully next year it goes down, but this is the time to test, to, to, to kind of go in and figure out a lot of the evergreen stuff that you need that's going to prime you for the remainder of the year. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, want to move now on the to fun scaling? stuff. Final thing yep. and the fun thing yep. the that big a lot thing. of people want to know. So Josh, do you remember back when we scaled campaigns by 10% a week? Yeah, or every couple of days. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ten well, to 20%. That was the rule. No more than 20%. It'll throw it back into learning mode and it'll break the system. And broke the system it did. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, you were like quaking in your boots going into your Facebook ads manager <laughs> to bump your budget because yeah. I have this campaign that's working. I want to spend more money. I hope that increasing the budget, just 10%. Isn't going to kill it. Isn't going to put it back in the learning phase. Yeah, optimization. And just, just kill yeah. my entire campaign. Well, I'm. this is probably the thing that I'm most excited about. And I think why I love Advantage Plus so much is because it's so predictable. Um, without fail, you can have an Advantage Plus campaign that you want, that's just performing. It's hitting your target every single day. And you are ready to increase the budget. You go in, increase the budget. 
three to five days. You're going to see a dip for three to five days, and then you're back to normal or slightly less efficient, just law of diminishing returns once again after the three to five days. And now you might be asking like, okay, so do you bump it like 25%? Do you bump it 10, 20, 50%? <laughs> we just did a test, uh, like, like Josh just said, um, where at the beginning of the year in January, we doubled our Advantage Plus budget from $500 a day to $1,000 a day. And three to five days after we doubled the budget, we were back at our target results. And I think there was still a little bit of nervousness because it's just strange to be double a campaign budget in one day. Like it just, because we've never been able to. Yeah. All yeah. these many, many years, like you couldn't do that. There were rules of thumb for 20%. Yeah. And, and now we like to break the rules. We like to say, okay, we're willing to take a risk if it means potentially now ha knowing how to scale faster and we can make up for lost time if we figure it out. Sometimes it doesn't always pan out. Um, but it, we've tested 10. It, it, what's interesting is, and I'll say because I'm in like a lot of accounts a week. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you jump 20, 30, 50, 100, 200%. Uh, it takes three to five days for it to re-optimize. Yep. Now, I'm not going to go jump that if I'm not above my target, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a target cost per acquired customer or you have a tar target um, ROAS, right? And let's say my target return ad spend is like 2.1 or 2.5, whatever that is. And I've been running like a 2.5 and I'm at $100 a day. What do I go to, right? It depends on your, I, I tell all of our clients because I get this question literally every single, four, five days a week. <laughs> yeah. How much should I increase it? And the two things I look at is uh, what is your uh, cash position? Because mm -hmm. that's something that you have to know. It's going to dip. Yeah. It's going to dip for three to five days. You almost just have to market in your calendar. Like you're going to increase the budget this day. Yeah. Market in your calendar. You're not going to get back to normal sales until this day. <laughs> yeah. And I think there are two. The, knowing that, what's your cash position? Because you got to be okay with being able to weather the dip for a couple of days, right? If you go upside down and you're like paying for customers for a couple of days, like you have to be okay with that. And then number two, like what's your confidence um, in that spend threshold, because if you've never done it before, there's obviously this like a little bit of fear to it and you got to keep pushing until you get to the next level and the next level. And then it, it opens up these gates of like uh belief that, oh my gosh, when I first started to spend a hundred dollars a day, it was crazy. And then it's been 250 a day and then 500 and you ascend through these levels mentally is kind of what I've observed at least. And so as long as you know, as long as you, we don't bump budgets unless we are above our target result, whatever that result is. And I feel like you, you want to be there consistently too. Like, yes, not for like two days. Day, yeah. You don't want to get there for a day. You're like time to increase the budget. Yeah. Like if you've been there, I think, I mean, we were at our target for three months before we were like, okay, let's, let's, and that was partially because of, we couldn't we take, just on, couldn't take yeah. on more, <laughs> but I think just finding that stability does help before increasing the budget. Yeah, that that that's really really good. And I would say like if you're going to be scaling it, it is better like and this is a, our our thought process on this because like I've seen small bumps. I've seen going from like you know fifty to sixty dollars a day in some accounts or a hundred to like one twenty five. You know because you know there's this mental barrier that because you've never done, going from one hundred to two fifty is like super scary if you've never yeah. done that. And I want to acknowledge that like there is this degree of like never done this before. So. If it has a great stability and you have a good amount of purchases, however much that looks for you, and it's going to depend because if you're running $25 a day versus $100 a day, you're going to have different levels of stability. But if you have enough that you have seen stability in it, uh, our our recommendation is to make larger jumps yeah. less frequently. So yep. it optimizes and then you sit in this profit land a yep. lot more. So like, I'm not going to be bumping this twice a week. Uh, in fact, we might only bump it once a week at the most, if we were like in scaling mode and we could handle the uh, the production, inventory, and fulfillment side of it. And so it just kind of depends on where you're at in your business. But big jumps less frequently is what I, at least I would say I recommend. Yeah, I know for, for me, when I'm uh, looking at our campaigns and increasing budget, I I kind of think about it as where would I, like if I were to be slowly increasing the budget like we used to, where would I want my budget to be in a month? And then just set it to that now. Because you, you like Josh said, you don't want to be increasing your budget slowly. That's what we do where, okay, we were at 500. I think we just need to be at 1,000 in a month. Let's just jump it to 1,000 now. We give it those five days to optimize. And then now we're spending that $1,000. And then 
you know, you have to make up for those five days that you weren't getting those purchases, but now you've made up Well, not up that you weren't getting them, but they weren't as profitable. Yes, yes. Or they were, yeah, a little upside down. Yeah. And now you're in profit mode after you've, you've made up for it. So, yeah. and I think another thing is we, so we, we tested the 500 to a thousand and that did really well. Three to five days, put it on the calendar. It started working fine. So then we had a, we started an advantage plus campaign at a thousand dollars. And once again, advantage plus campaigns take three to seven days to get its first optimization. Um, it optimized at our target and we said, okay, let's bump it to 2000. So we doubled it again. Risk from, it for the biscuit. Exactly. We bumped <laughs> it from 1000 to 2000 and our results shot, uh, I guess, through the floor. Dropped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, they dropped. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they dropped and after four days, we're back to our target. So yeah. even with a... Once again, doubling the budget from 1,000 to 2,000, four days, and we're back on target. Yeah. And, and we even had it yesterday, spent 2,500, I think. Yeah, really strange. We had Don't something happen. That's about. But, but, but all that to say, so like, I've also been asked, um, final thing I, I would say on Advantage Plus Shopping Campaign, I know we kind of hammer these home because this is what we're seeing working. And honestly, everyone who I was on meeting with someone yesterday, they said, I just literally watched your YouTube video and implemented this. And we're, fine, we're above our target. And By the way, we've if never you haven't been watched the YouTube video, there's a link down below to watch yeah, that. We have YouTube a whole video. breakdown of it and how we optimize advanced plus shopping campaigns. We decided to just give that away. Um, okay, All so in. so um, I, I've been asked like, well, what's the threshold of how much can you spend on an advantage plus shopping campaign before they start to like crack or break or the campaign structure doesn't work? Um, just being real with you, we, you know, like, Broad and DCAs and other things have have in interest have been a huge priority and in the, and we've been really leaning into Advantage Plus shopping. I think the largest one that we've now run with stability is twenty. Just if you want candid numbers, is twenty five hundred a day. But we've not pushed beyond it. And guess what? We haven't had any fatigue on it other than those yeah. few days that it dips when you go to the next level. So yeah. I couldn't tell you right at this moment because we personally just haven't spent. 5,000 a day in a single campaign at least. Like we've spent seven or 8,000 a day, but in, in different like in different campaign structures, including this, we just have not in a single campaign spent more than 2,500. So just being really transparent with you, if you're like, hey, Josh, cause I know some of you listening or watching right now are like, hey, we spend 20,000 a day or 30,000 a day. We have not tested at those thresholds. However, I do have friends that tested those higher thresholds and they do test these in the $5,000 plus range in single campaigns and see okay results with it. You just have to uh, cycle in a lot more creative, a lot more frequently. So yeah. for four ads, we have been able to get four single ads to stabilize at 2,500 a day in a single advanced plus shopping campaign in our personal experience. But a lot of the clients we work with just they they don't run at that threshold um, from a coaching standpoint, and so that's just kind of what we're tangibly saying. All right, cool. There it is. Anything else you want to add? No, I don't think just just test, just test things. I test mean, lots of crap. As much as I wish I could say <laughs> this is what's going to work for you, it just doesn't work like that. As I was looking through all these different accounts, as much as I wanted to draw conclusions between this person, this person, this person, this person was all doing this. It's all different. It all works differently for each of them. And I think definitely just take everything that you've learned in the last hour and test everything, apply everything, see what works and just stick with it. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's a good note to end on. The only wrong thing to do is to give up because you haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Instead, go back to the drawing board, get your skills up, do what you need to invest in a $27 live bootcamp or an on-demand thing. Maybe get better at ad testing. Maybe you need to go hire some. We just did a video on, we hired uh, $350 worth of people in Fiverr and freelancing. We ran $100 to each one of their ads and, and to see the results of those. And you might not realize, but you can hire people pretty cheap. Maybe your creative needs improved. And so uh, the only advice I have is whatever you do, don't just not do it because you haven't figured it out. Push, press in, 
figure out those different dials and the things you need to turn because once you get it working you, and you unlock the marketing component of your business like and you, you don't have to worry about customers anymore and you only have to worry about production and fulfillment and growing your team and growing the business it's just such a burden lifted off of you and so yeah press on i hope this was valuable if you did find this valuable by the way and you're like hey um, I would love to hear from you guys on like state of advertising once or twice a year and, and what you're kind of seeing. We've never done anything like this. I just told Dylan, I've wanted to do this forever, but we wanted to wait at least until the new year to do it. Um, so if you really like this and you're like, hey, this is super nerdy. I love the numbers. I love talking a little bit at a, a more advanced or a higher level. And I love you sharing all this stuff. Then please drop a comment if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now, Go ahead and find me on Instagram at Josh Coffee. Just shoot me a DM. Let me know what you thought of this podcast episode. If you want to hear more of this stuff, and we'll definitely uh, bring the heat the next time there are changes and, and as we observe more advertising industry things. Let's so, do it. Let's do it. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, guys, it's Josh. Thanks for listening to the audio version of the e-commerce alley. Did you know that we actually have an amazing set in high quality video production that gets posted on YouTube every single week? If you've never watched the e-commerce alley on YouTube, you have to go to alleypodcast.com slash YouTube to check it out. Once again, thank you for listening to this podcast and we hope you enjoy this episode.